Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. We are not muted. Hold on, hold on. Get a mute our co-guest. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have the funniest Italian in crypto, also known as the shock jock of the XRP army, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is here to drop some gems. Live from a bunker in the Netherlands, we have a crypto accumulator, airdrop guru, and a staking extraordinaire, Mr. Andrew Cashflow, is back to provide some value. And we have a very special guest, our special NFT specialist, NFT Tones, is in the building. NFT Tones, I forgot to write down your introduction because we had a last second in, but we're glad to have you here. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing that despite the Bitcoin mining ban, China is still second on the planet in total hash rate. We break down the leaders in global Bitcoin mining. Grayscale, the largest digital asset manager on the planet, has launched an ETF to further the adoption of digital assets. Charles Hodgkin boasts on the continued growth of Cardano ecosystem, while the former Fed chair claims Bitcoin is mainly used for illicit activities. The largest investment bank in Japan with over $550 billion in assets under management is now aiding institutions in creating crypto portfolios. Is this the moment we've all been waiting for? Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So energy's a little off this morning. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it straight to you and then you roll it back to me. How are you feeling on this Tuesday? Good morning, Crypto Maniacs. How are you today? I'm feeling great. You know, every day is a new day, a happy day to be six feet above the ground, not below the ground. So that's always a good thing. And uh, that's just what we pray and wish for, right? Everything, Everything's good, Abs, at the end of the day. Everything's good. Another day in the beautiful, beautiful matrix. We'll go to Mr. Andrew Cashflow. Good morning, good afternoon, I should say. How are you feeling on this Tuesday? And we're glad to have you in. It is an excellent day here in the Netherlands. And uh, summer is coming. Even the weekend was great. However, I was three days in the course. So I wasn't outside at all. So I just took a nature walk and everything is great. Ready for the show. Perfect. That's an awesome way to clear your head. I do the same thing every morning. I get my $6 coffee from the coffee shop down there and I walk along the river walk. I got to find a new coffee shop. Johnny. Yeah, that'd be like 12 XRP right now. It's oh. too much, man. It's yeah. too much. But I got to tell you that the nitro cold brew, it's essential. NFT tones. You look amazing, brother. I saw you did not keep your pajamas on for this episode. So I do appreciate that. How are you feeling? And thanks for filling in on this Tuesday. Uh, tones, you're muted. You're muted, NFT tones. Uh, there we go. So I'm feeling a little bit tired because I was up all night playing some uh, spider tanks, grinding May Mayhem, getting ready for Town Crush, which is releasing today. They're releasing about four hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes for that, so I'm I'm pretty excited for what's coming with Gala and everything. Awesome, we're excited to have you, NFT Tones. I know you're going to provide a bunch of value, but we'll hop straight into this thing and we'll start the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We are approaching a thousand followers very quickly. We are 24 followers away. We'll have to think of something special we'll do at that time. So please go follow us, smash that button, and interact with us. We love talking to you guys. 
The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index, for the first time ever since we've been hosting this show, is in single digits this morning. We are sitting at an eight, otherwise known as Extreme Fear. Johnny Crypto, you got to address the people and give them some peace of mind. What are you looking at this morning? And how do you feel about being in single digits for the first time ever as Good Morning Crypto has been on? So I love the number eight. I don't know if people know this. If you're into numerology, what you'll learn is the number eight is a sign for infinity. And also, if you're a life path eight, which which I happen to be, um, it also means um, you know wealth and money. Somebody comes to you and money leaves you. <laughs> it's infinity. It comes and goes. It comes and goes. So here we are at an eight. Eight, that means it's a buying opportunity, at least to me. But I've already told you I've been buying. I'm kind of dollar cost averaging in slowly into some of the coins, coins I like. So, you know, no, again, I love the fear zone. This is the buy, right? Just replace the word fear with buy. Say it all the time. And right now, extreme buy is what it's telling us, right? But again, don't go all in because I don't think we've hit the bottom. I don't know when we're going to hit the bottom. I'm not going to sit here and call it. But I am going to tell you that's a good time to start putting 5%, 10% of your powder into this market uh, while we sit here. Because when that thing switches and we're sitting in greed, you're all going to be pissed that you didn't buy when it was in fear. And it's only a matter of time, Johnny. It's only a matter of time. But we'll hop into the total coin market cap this morning. We are sitting at $1.29 trillion in global market cap. Bitcoin sitting at 44% dominance. Ethereum is at 19%. Bitcoin is back above $30,000. And we've been battle-tested this range. We are battling to break through $30,000, sitting at $30,090 this morning. Ethereum is at two grand flat. XRP is $0.42. Cents. Cardano is $0.57 cents this morning. Kronos is $0.19. Cents. Stellar is 13 cents and Hedera Hashgraph is 10 cents. Tons of buying opportunity across the board. I do want to scroll down and just check out what Gala is doing. Gala is holding 8 cents NFT tones. I would love to start with you and then Andrew Cashflow. NFT tones, how do you feel about the play to earn market, maybe the NFT market as a whole? And is there any projects that you're accumulating right now? Uh, I think you're muted, NFT tones. All right. There we so, go. Uh, there is a couple projects I'm looking at, but right now I'm really excited with Gala because Gala has been doing a lot just in their ecosystem. They're bringing a lot more games. I don't know if you guys saw, but Grit actually got accepted in their uh, system, their node system. So it had like a 98 or 90% yes vote, which was insane. Um, there's so much to come with Gala. I'm really excited because like Gala's ecosystem is growing so fast and they're offering a lot of players ways to get involved and earn and it's not even necessarily like owning some of the nfts because like they said eventually in uh spider tanks you'll actually be able to earn by playing for free so i feel like this is going to change a lot of concepts i feel like a lot is going to come and i think this is just getting started i feel like people are going to change into uh like skins and stuff like more instead of like going towards the leveling system, we'll see more like a skin system instead. And I also think like in the future, we'll have a lot more games like on the Gala ecosystem. I think we're going to see like Gala grow into what we see Steam is. I think Gala can actually be really, really big. And I think holding Gala right now is probably not a bad idea. Obviously do your own research, but Gala has been here and, Gala nodes, as you can see, are what a hundred thousand dollars or something. So, like, do your own research. But I, I love Gala, so for sure. And I'd love to go to Andrew Cashflow next. Andrew Cashflow, we saw the Terra Luna lose last week, and you have been a big advocate of what they were doing. And how are you reacting to that news? And how do you, how are you looking at the market overall? 
Um, about, about Luna, yeah, I, I, I hurt myself a, a little bit because, of course, I had, uh, I had uh, Luna. However, on the, on the price levels of uh, $90, I took a big chunk of, uh, of profit. And that's what I always advise also others. Have your exit plan ready. Take your exit. However, from a psychological point of view, it's always difficult when sometimes some, something goes up and you are selling. So, but now you see it's really needed. However, then I put also part of the, this, this profit I put in UST to make money on Anchor Protocol. And you know what UST did? It went, it went down. So then I and then 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 the yeah the blockchain of Luna was was blocked. So I had to to transfer my UST to Binance and I was thinking and with stop loss orders. So so I was able to sell my UST at least for at, at, at 70 cents or so. So a big chunk. And uh, so I was not hurt too much, but you know, I, I, I know people and I hear people that, that are and I feel really sorry for them. They put their whole life savings onto anchor protocol because they thought i can make 20 percent out uh, uh, apr with my money and that, that that feels so sad and that that's why you also always should diversify i always say if you make money do it on on several platforms you know don't put everything on one horse it, it's 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 wrong and now you see it on the other hand what 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 yeah the good point about this whole luna stuff is because it was actually the first decentralized stablecoin combination with luna and usd and of course you can say those bastards from uh, from from uh, from from all those uh, yeah, from those elite that, that brought that coin down it should have gone down you know why because there was a technical defect in in the in the protocol and that defect should go out and the whole ecosystem the whole crypto ecosystem is talking about this and they are learning about what should we do right the next time however uh, last remark we see also the usdd that's a stable coin in the tron environment and it's more or less it is this tron with with yeah with usd like luna and uh, and, uh, and usd mm. I'm selling somewhat uh, what Tron at the moment because I'm not so sure if that will stay up uh, in the near, near future. So I would always say um, think very good before you put money in the in the uh, US yeah in, in stable coins. Uh, I think the best stable coin at the moment is USDC. Uh, there is also now on the on the on the Cosmos network in Osmosis there is an Axelar. USDC coin available. However, there is it is a whole journey to get your USDC from 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 Ethernet to uh, yeah through through to the Osmosis system. But you can use that. However, I would say don't keep too much money in stable coins, and better yeah stay stake your stable coins somewhere else in in the form of real USD or real euros or real real uh, British pounds. You know, there is a lot to say about it, but uh, yeah, we are all warned now. And uh, sorry for everybody who was hurt really bad. A hundred percent, Andrew. And we had actually talked about this on the show last week because we thought it, maybe there was a buying opportunity there, right? We saw the stablecoin go all the way down to 70 cents and retrace back up to 90. And we had talked about, hey, if we see this thing bounce back down towards the 70 cent range, that might be an opportunity to accumulate. Little did we know, and this wasn't you. This was me and Selman 
Yeah, go ahead. There are now six, uh, six trillion Luna coins generated. If that has to go to one dollar and one Luna coin, then you have six trillion dollars in value <laughs> in Luna. It's, yeah, I can't. It's impossible. It's it, it not going to happen. What maybe going to happen is there will be a fork because there is a lot of software developed. Maybe there will come a fork from the current blockchain from Luna. And what I hear that the, that uh, Do Kwon has now a plan that that, that there will, if the fork starts, that they say, okay, the people who had UST and Luna before the crash, they will get an airdrop about you know, something what they had before, and people who has has it now get also an airdrop. So they they are working on the, on on the system. Will it help? Will it will it regain trust? Time will tell. You know, I just want to build on what Andrew said. I think it's so important. What happens in the crypto space is, especially like this scenario, right? So you had Luna was at a hundred dollars or somewhere up in that range, right? And then it crashed all the way down, and then they diluted it by adding six trillion tokens. And the funny thing is now everybody thinks, you know, so now it's like point oh 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 one cent, right? And everybody thinks like. Oh my God, let me buy it because it's going to go back up to 100 again. No, it doesn't work that way. What they don't realize is once you dilute the coin, you now have to readjust the difference from the ratio of the old coins that were in there when it hit $100 to what it is today. So I did that and I did that math. And what happens is the all time high at the time was what was it, about 110, something like that. Yeah. So now, based on the new amount of coins in the market, to reach that same all-time high, it would be equivalent to going to 0.005 cents. So pretty much, you know, half a, is that about a half a penny? <clears throat> right, so 0 0.005 would be equivalent to $110. We're never seeing $110. We're not even seeing a dollar. We're not even seeing a penny. The yeah. best it's going to get to is 0 0.005. If, if it had reason to even get there, right, like Luna did when it had the run. So where we are today, I think it's at point, I think it's got four zeros or five zeros right now, but it's pretty much dead. The only chance it has for hope is what Andrew said, is if they fork it and then they, they should airdrop and reward everybody that they screwed. But that Dokkan, he's not a very, uh, I don't know about his integrity. I'm not sure that guy's, a, you know, go watch his stuff. He actually talked about how he likes watching other uh, cryptos fail. He talked about how his, you know, how he sees things big building something and going back to zero. He's a very strange dude. I'm not going to get involved in any of his stuff. I don't trust his character. Johnny Crypto, that's actually a perfect segment to what we were talking about last night with Crypto Erie. We can tell people that we met with Crypto Erie. So next week on Wednesday, Crypto Erie will be joining our podcast and we're going to ask her tons of questions. But one of the things that she reiterated to us continually throughout that call was that tribalism is the number one thing holding this market back today. We have 1% of the global population in crypto. This is what she said. We believe it's maybe two to five. And of that 1%, we're completely divided. We have XRP Army, Bitcoin, Ethereum Maxis, ADA Maxis. But one thing that's clear is that Bitcoin continues to drive this market. And that's the chart that I have right here. Johnny Crypto, I'd like to go to you first. We have the two-year moving average approaching the two-year realized price, which is in blue. And typically, these are viewed as buying opportunities. We don't linger in these ranges for too long. But it does seem that we're just entering the blue range. Johnny Crypto, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it doesn't matter how many people come into this market. Because you and I, retailers, we can't drive this market. We, we just don't. We can't do shit. You buy a thousand here or ten thousand here, it doesn't matter. Um, it's the institutions that we need to buy or the big fish, the big whales buying. And you see those blue dots? 
That's the big fish. That's when they. <laughs> hey, there we go. A little sea moss for you. It's really good for you. <laughs> I don't do I don't do vinegar though. I do black seed oil. But continue, Johnny. Continue. Yeah, and if you want some black. Speaking of black seed oil, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, Abs. But um, so it's um, those blue dots are where you want to be accumulating. We've been saying this all the time. It's like buying the fear zone, right? That is the fear. I bet you if you overlaid the fear zone, fear and greed index on this, you'd probably see that many of those blue dots would fall in line with the fear. But yeah, when we're touching that black line, and obviously you could drop below it, right? We've seen it go below, so don't be surprised if it does. But certainly, you're always trying to put yourself in the best position to, you know, if it's football, it's to win. If it's money, the best position is to earn, right? And in this case, buying on the blue line always tends to, in this chart, tends to be the winning position or putting yourself in the best position to win. So good time to accumulate. Exactly. And it looks like the DXY. Oh, sorry, Andrew. Continue. Oh, sorry. I thought I heard a noise from Andrew there. I just want to continue with the DXY here. We have the DXY, which is the dollar index, looks very similar to the 2017 Bitcoin price chart right when we peaked at our euphoric moment. And then we went into a long-term bearish trend. Is that what we're seeing here? I don't know, but it does look like we are way overextended on the DXY. I'd love to go back to Johnny Crypto and then to Andrew Cashflow. Johnny Crypto, we've been talking about the DXY now for a few weeks, and we know this is an indicator just based off other assets. If the DXY goes up, Bitcoin will go down. If the DXY goes down, Bitcoin will go up. So as we see that the DXY is peaking out here and it looks like we're ahead, about to head into a bearish trend, does this mean we are possibly at a short-term bottom for the crypto market? And how do you think assets are going to react once the DXY starts going down? I mean, this is one of the ones that we found that does seem to have some correlation. So we're obviously keeping an eye on this. You have to look at the whole overall, into, um, you know, uh, what's the word? The world, right? The world where we are on everything, right? With the money printing, where we are on the monetary status, where we are on global economic issues and things like that. But certainly this is one of the key drivers uh, as money's flooding into the dollar. But yeah, we've been saying that this thing's going to top out. It looks like, what did we top out about 105? Was that 105? It looks like we're finally topping out, although we are, you know, we did the breakout and it's retesting. So we don't know. I mean, this could retest and go sideways for a while or maybe back up again. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking at this now and saying, hey, it's topped out. We're coming back. It, it's kind of in that zone where it could go either way right now. So we'll keep an eye on it. We certainly should. I personally think that we're going to see, again, just my gut. That we'll see like the bottom of the crypto market for this short run we're in kind of level out sideways between June and July-ish because that's, you know, you, people just sell in May and go away. So I think you'll see a correlation of this to that to July. That's what I'm looking for. And I think in July we start to start heading back up because the money, the whales are going to come back in and they want to get, remember, they want to get in before everybody else does. Everybody comes back in August, they're going to get in in July. So that's that's what I'm looking for. And I'm going to be buying in June. And as we look at the market as a whole right now, one thing that retail is doing is they're saying it's certain we're in a bear market and it's certain we're going lower. But we have these indexes here, which indicate that we're at the bottom of a bear market. We've already experienced a 60% pullback on Bitcoin, a 70% pullback on Ethereum. A lot of the altcoins are down 80, 90%, but we have people calling for lower prices because they think this bearish price action is going to continue. And typically that's when we get some sort of a short-term relief. And we have the DXY bottoming out here. It looks like we're about to head bearish, which would be great for the entire crypto market and stocks as well. Andrew Cashflow, I'd love to know your thoughts. If I look to the DXY, I see a top here. Now, yeah, currently, I also see more or less the same top in March 20. 
So that was the COVID uh, stuff. And then in February 17. So more or less, you see a, a, a level of resistance. So that, that could say something that, that it will go down uh, soon. However, it has been much higher. It has been uh, 120 in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the uh, once and in the 1985, in the, in the previous, uh, or, or where there was also a hyperinflation, it was 163. So, and, and then there was no crypto at that, that place. So it can go wild. I think don't care so much. I see so much opportunities and I see so much buying opportunities and I wish I had more money to buy more. But, you know, I, I'm not going to take an extra mortgage on my house. I don't take the risk. Uh, you know, one step after the other. And I always think about what I already learned years ago. That was the saying about uh, the, the stock market. Go away in May, but remember, come back in September. You know, and, and that, that's actually what I also see, see happening at the moment. So, yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. Accept it. And... If you, you know, from a psychological point of view, it's so easy to buy at the top because you think everything goes up and you think you make money within a month. That's not how crypto works. You really need to have a strategy buying on the way down and selling on the way up. And, you know, and that's what we learn, by the way, here in the in the in the 3T Academy. So if you want to learn that, I would say. We have a ton of videos explaining you everything about uh, about crypto, how to do it, but also exit plans and you get uh, access to JV's portfolio. And, uh, you know, you can always ask questions. We are always open. We are willing to help. Most of us are all volunteers, by the way, here in the in the in the in the TT Academy. So, uh, you know, we are here to help you. And I would say, yeah, make use of it. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. And Johnny Crypto, I saw you unmuted yourself there. Did you have any comments before we continue into our first article? No, it's kind of just one of those selling may and go away. That That's what happens in the stock market and you're seeing it again. It applies to the crypto market too. And I think that's what Andrew was saying. Selling may and go away and uh, people will be back in September, but don't wait till then. It'll be too late to buy in. And what I do think is interesting is a point that Gonzo brought up yesterday, which is that if you look at a traditional four-year cycle and we just applied the same concepts to what we're going through today, the bottom of the bear market would be sometime in November. So that tells me that we're at least going to experience another four, five, six months of bearish price action or at least consolidation. If we're relatively close to the bottom and the bottom ends up being about 27,000, which is what me and Johnny continue to say, we're not very far from there. And if we do see those levels over the next six months, that's a level that's going to be key for if we're going to continue bullish or continue bearish, because if we're not able to hold that $27,000 range, we're going to go all the way down to 22,000, 20,000 before we get another key level of support. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for a deeper, more fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to our entire team, including Coach JV. You get access to his portfolio, weekly updates, and we hold tons of meetings where we interact with you guys behind the scenes. But with that being said, I want to hop into our first article for today, which is Grayscale launches a European ETF while urging the SEC to approve GBTC conversion into a spot Bitcoin ETF. So this is very bullish news for the market overall. Grayscale launches an ETF in Europe, and Grayscale is the world's largest digital asset manager in the space. It will list on the London Stock Exchange, and it seeks to offer investors exposure to companies at the intersection of finance, technology, and digital assets. 
This is another move for institutions heading into their crypto markets and building out their portfolios while we're in a bear market. So this is another great example of why this could be an ideal time to be accumulating. Grayscale currently has $19.2 billion in assets under management, and they announced their first ETF earlier this year in a partnership with Bloomberg as part of the expansion in business. We're seeing all of these major banks, major companies moving into the crypto space and doing it slowly and methodically, like Coach JV always says. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to start with you and then go over to Andrew Cashflow. How do you feel about this article overall? And what do you think about $19.2 billion in digital assets under management? Well, I mean, again, this is like the signs of what's to come when regulation happens. You'll see more and more institutions forming ETFs once they eventually, if the FCC will ever freaking allow it, which they will. Um, they're just slowing the game down because they want they don't, they want to slow this down in the U.S. because they want the U.S. to be a follower, not a leader. So eventually, you'll see more and more of this happening, and this is just going to continue to drive this market. You'll see four hundred one ks. This is future. I think this is a future ETF. I don't even think this is a regular ETF. <coughs> I don't. What they're trying to do here, Johnny, just to reiterate, they're transferring a futures ETF into a spot ETF. That's what the request was. Well, yeah, but the SEC has not approved that yet. Yep, right? that's the article. July 6th is when the approvals do. That's now. what we're hoping for, which everybody's got their fingers crossed. But I don't, and I don't trust the SEC, right? We, who knows? But they have been fighting for this abs, just so you know, for like a year. It's been a while. I mean, I think the SEC either rejected like seven or eight of these requests, and there's like 40 more in the pipeline. So the question is, will they approve them all? And if they do, again, it's going to be wonderful. Bitcoin, and I think you'll see that again with only 27 21 million coins out there possible. When people start fighting for that, that one million dollar price target may not be inconceivable somewhere you know in the future, a few years down the road. But this is a good sign. Let's see if the SEC approves it. July 6th. Let's 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 have that on the show and let's see what happens. hundred percent, Johnny. So just to reiterate, the deadline for the Securities and Exchange Commission to approve or reject the Grayscale's application is July 6th. And the SEC is discriminating against users by approving a Bitcoin futures ETF while denying a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States. Andrew Cashflow, I'd love to hear some thoughts. I love it to be in Europe. <laughs> I mean, uh, spot ETF, it's excellent. However, I will not, I will never invest in a spot uh, Bitcoin spot ETF because I can buy it directly and I know to, how to use a wallet and my private keys and that kind of stuff. But it will add so much to the adoption of Bitcoin, and 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 that that that's what it's all about. And and yeah, what 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 John also already said, it's 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 accumulation time. And I was just thinking, what watching in my 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 log, and I was I'm on the first of September two thousand twenty. I bought my first Bitcoin, and it was eighty three hundred dollars. You know, and also for me, that's a lot of money. But now I think, ah, no, no problem, and uh, I was happy. But at that moment, I was not happy at all. And Bitcoin went down. You know, that's always, if you just buy it, it goes down. I don't know how that works, but it's always the case. You always buy too early and you sell too late. But, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, we are in the same situation at this moment. Will it go further down? Probably. However, when I see the amount of Bitcoin moving from exchanges to wallets, yeah, you know, we just had to took the big dump from the Luna collateral 
that was 1.3 trillion, uh, how much was it? An enormous amount of Bitcoin was dumped on the market because they wanted to keep the pack yeah, until they, they had it anymore. And that's the reason why Bitcoin went down, Bitcoin took Ethereum down, and Ethereum took the rest of the market down. And yeah, what, what can I say more? I mean, it is it, it is it is what it is, and and I think uh, it's it's excellent times for uh, for accumulating. For sure. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. I th I think this is a great question, and and part of what we do oh, to our audience is to kind of have a discussion around this. I'd love to hear your guys' thought, thoughts. But what do you guys think? Do you think so? That's the big question in everybody's mind. You know, is it a four-year cycle, or is this different because adoption has been beginning to happen and and it's become a little more mainstream. So I'm curious of what everybody thinks. Maybe we can just go around the room real quick and answer it. Is yes. this, I think, on everybody's mind? What, what, what do you What do you think? Absolutely, you always. Let's give you the floor for once, as you're always managing it. What's your my thoughts? pleasure? It's my yeah. pleasure. So when we look at a traditional Bitcoin, like what, when we look at a traditional four year cycle, most of that bear market actually takes place in the first nine to twelve months. So the two and a half year bear market is, I wouldn't say it's a fallacy, but it's a misconception because. 90% of that bearish price action is going to come in in those first nine months. And if we look at the peak of Bitcoin this year, which was, I believe it was in November, it was $69,000. And we've already retraced more than 50%. So if we typically do an 80% retrace, I really think we're only about 20% from the bottom, which worst, worst, worst case scenario would be about 22,000. Do I think that's going to take two and a half years? No, I think we'll see those levels before November of 2022. And then do you think, We'll stay at those low levels for two years before we see the next bull run? No, but I do think it's possible that we could have massive dips during that time. Like if we look at what happened in March 2020, we saw an anomaly, a, a black swan event, right? And we saw Bitcoin go all the way down to $3,000. I think in situations like that, we could see Bitcoin retest those real, real low numbers. But unless we get a black swan event, I think we're pretty much in the clear to be above that $20,000 mark. Awesome. Tones, what do you think? How long do you think we're going to go through this? continuous same cycle we get last you know every four years and we got two and a half years left this one left oh you're on mute again <coughs> you're on a separate mute yeah my mic um so i think that we will probably start to end this cycle because as we start to get more people into bitcoin and stuff as the population starts to become more aware i think people are going to start buying at these low prices causing the bear markets to not be as long as they were and also you got to remember when we do have a bitcoin having i think that less people are going to be into mining and stuff because right now i think we're at 0.112 or 0.16 for mining so it's going to drop in half so it's going to be like crazy so you're saying you think we'll have two years of bull bear? So what, what I think is that I think we're going to maybe start with two years this time, and then it's going to start to decrease over time. So maybe next four years, it'll only be half that time, and then half that time after that. So I, I think as we continue to go along, it's going to these bear markets are going to get shorter and shorter. Okay. Andrew, what's your thoughts to that question? Yeah, I recently lost my crystal ball. Um, I, I really can't tell. I really can't tell. It, 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 this is so. This market is so manipulated. It, it, it is unbelievable. And will it take? Uh, if I look now to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is actually going sideways. There is a channel from uh, from uh, six sixty seven thousand, 
En de bottom is uh, around uh, 30.000. En dit is already going sideways. So, and, the, and this kind of moves will, will happen till maybe half a year, till three quarters of a year before the halving. And before the halving, it will, it will go up again. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm in and do we see those, those, those tops of, uh, of, of 60 and 30, 60, 30, 60, 30? Yes, several times. Yeah, I'm of the same mindset with you. I think right now we're going to be in a sideways market. Abs is right. You know, we're close to the bottom. I think, but we have some more rooms to go down. I think altcoins will, there's certainly more altcoins that will go down. But I think to answer this question, um, I think it'll be a little bit shorter. I think our next leg up will be the hat when the next halving time frame starts, which I think is in March of 2024. So that puts mm -hmm. us a um, little bit under maybe, a, what are we, about a year and nine months away, 10 months away, something like that. So, yeah, about 10, almost uh, slightly under two years. So I think I don't, I, and I'm not sure, you know, it's interesting we say bear, bull. At the end of the day, this whole thing has been trending up for 12 years. If we can put that chart, where's that chart? It doesn't really look April, I think April 24 or so will be the whole thing. I mean, to be honest with you guys, when you look at this chart, this, this isn't a bear market. Chart. But I know what people mean is the pullback. And I think, you know, we've already seen a piece of that pullback. I think we'll see the rest of that pullback um, going for, you know, maybe the next um, – six months to a year where we'll finally we see those blue dots where they bottom see how they go dark blue right now we're in a light bluish right so look at the different blue colors we haven't hit that dark blue so i think we will hit that dark blue maybe in three months four months from now stay in there for a little bit and then we'll go sideways and then we'll pull up i i think march 20 so about my answer about a year year and a half i think we'll start to see the next leg up personally i'm super excited because for those of you who are here You've had this opportunity, we all have here, to learn the past year and a half how this market works now, what to invest in, what are the, the, the real-world solid technologies. Now you use the next year and a half to accumulate those. And the best thing is you don't have to worry about them you know, bull rocketing on you and having to buy them at 10 times the price. You can probably buy all this stuff for a relatively good price for the next six months to a year. So I'm so happy about that, and I'll be DCing in for the next – six months to a year. So I thought it was a great question and I thought it was worthy to spend some time on that. So mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry <laughs> no, that's okay, Johnny. And the only thing that really sticks out to me about why we will not have a three year, two and a half year bear market in my estimate is because of the institutional adoption we're seeing now. We're seeing so many banks, hedge funds, mainstream institutions get in and allow for their accredited investors to have opportunities to this stuff. And when they roll it out to the everyday investor, when we say, you know, two to 3% of people's 401ks get allocated into Bitcoin and Ethereum or some of these yeah. other ETFs. That'll be the fundamental line in the sand where we cross over into a regulatory framework. People understand how to navigate within this market. And that's one of the biggest things holding them back, which brings us to our next article, which is the former Fed chair says Bitcoin may is mainly used in the back in underground economy for illicit activities. So basically what we have here is Another narrative of just the same old, same old. I'll scroll down to the bottom of the article where it says, I don't think Bitcoin is going to take over as an alternative form of money. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies will be around for as long as people are believers and they want to speculate on these, on these technologies. And when asked if Bitcoin was a store of value or digital gold, in his opinion, he said it's a speculative asset. So it seems like more fear. It seems like more FUD. It's funny that he used the term illicit activity. We'll see the term nefarious activity. I'm sure articles will roll out with that term as well. But Andrew Cashwell, I'd love to start with you. Is Bitcoin used 
for an underground economy or is there another mainstream reason to be holding Bitcoin? Absolutely, Bitcoin is used for underground activities. Absolutely. But it is so tiny compared to what is done with the dollar. <laughs> it is almost, yeah, nothing. And by the way, it is pretty stupid if you are a hardcore criminal and you want to use Bitcoin to whitewash some some uh, illegal activities. Not not that's not smart to do because so much stuff is traceable. Everything is traceable. They will just figure out where you are, and you only have to make one small mistake, and 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 they find you. So uh, no, but however, on the other hand, eh, there is uh, this Bernanke. Um, he also has a role to play. I mean, the, the 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 U.S. want to keep the door as the world reserve currency as long as possible. So what do you think if Bernanke will say, yeah, the dollar will go down and it will be all Bitcoin? You know, and then it's done, and then it's done with the dollar. So he cannot say anything else. But I, it would really wonder me if he would not buy at this moment or own Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all kind of other crypto cryptocurrency. He will not tell anybody, but he cannot tell anything else. He must, I mean, he must do it. You know, we are, he has also a responsibility to keep stability in the world because the dollar was the, the world reserve currency for many, many years since World War II. And that was good, you know, and, and we, we prospered all in the whole world with, with this system because we needed a, a new currency because the Great Britain was not able to fulfill that role anymore after World War II because they were yeah, more or less bankrupt. They had no gold anymore. And the only, the only country that had still an enormous amount of gold was the U.S. So that's why the U.S. got, yeah, got, got the, the, the honor to be with the dollar, the world reserve currency. And yeah, and, and of course, they want to do it as long as possible. And I can imagine that. And, you know, we do not have to fight it. We do not have to, 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 to speak badly about it. It is what it is. And the only thing is what we do, how to prepare us as good as possible when we are on the other side. A hundred percent, Andrew. And it's really interesting. You brought up a bunch of good points there, but something that really stuck out to me was that there's a difference in understanding about what Bitcoin can be used for, depending on if you live in a first world country or in a third world country. And me and Johnny Crypto were actually listening to a Twitter space a few nights ago with a governor of, of some island in the Dominican. And what he was saying is that most of the people on his island, if they're using Bitcoin, are using Bitcoin as cash. They're actually transferring that value. They're not sitting on their Bitcoin. They're willing to buy goods and services, which is very, very interesting. Andrew, I see you smiling. We'll go right back to you. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, if especially on, on those specific islands, I mean, the people are working in the US and if you want to transfer money, for example, $1,000 to, to your family member in, in, in uh, somewhere remote island, it takes more than a week, maybe 10 days. And then the, 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 the transfer cost is about, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe $250. It's, it's, it's insane. So I can imagine that if you send, I wouldn't send Bitcoin, I would send something else uh, like, 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 like XRP or XLM. I often use XLM also to transfer between exchanges. And then I, I change it back to, uh, to USDT or USDC. And I would send it in that way. But then you have it right the same second. You can exchange it over there, and the people can spend the money. So, but but they can't. 
when we were talking to him, I asked that question, and he literally said, there's nothing else available. They don't even have access to things like XRP, XLM. They literally only have Bitcoin. That was actually a big, yeah, it was a big learning for me. It just shows that there's really two use cases for Bitcoin, depending on. Don't, don't they just log on on a crypto exchange and? and... No. Okay. He said they don't, they don't have access to it. It's banned in their country. So literally all they can literally use is Bitcoin. And that's okay. I mean, it just creates a use case for Bitcoin um, where more of the developed countries are using Bitcoin as a store of value. Mm -hmm. Undeveloped or developing countries are using Bitcoin as currency because their fiat systems and their governments are so corrupt that they want to break away from the fiat, right? They really like it's, it's they de we, we we take it for granted in the U.S. and probably there in the Netherlands. The rest of the world doesn't realize we don't realize how bad it is. But these governments steal their money from their people. They devalue their. Look at Venezuela. Look at um uh what the hell's the name? Lebanon. Lebanon's Lebanon. another one. They devalue. They devalue, they just swipe it right from underneath. They steal their wealth overnight. And so they're they're begging for something like Bitcoin where it can actually be a store of value or hold value and not be manipulated by corrupt governments. So very, very important. Germany, but our governments also are stealing it's our worth. money. Yeah. Oh, 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 the same speed. Why do you think Michael Salem put four billion dollars into Bitcoin and not cash? There's a reason. They're all doing it. And in fact, this article that you brought with Bernanke cracks me up because like Vince McMahon would be so happy right now with this article um, because it's just WWE. It's just them coming out, you know, Bernanke. So he gets to play the bad guy role, right? He gets to come out and bash Bitcoin. Oh, my God, it's used for nefarious activity when the U.S. dollar is used 100 times more. It's just a bunch of horse bullshit just for them to be able to create a narrative. Make, you know, again, we've been saying this on the show. Cryptocurrency bad. CBD cert currency good. You're gonna start hearing that narrative, folks, and you heard it here first on this show. Johnny Crypto, and the, the funniest part about these narratives is that they're always the same narratives. And the more that we're in this market, the more we get exposed to these same headlines, whether it's China banning Bitcoin or nefarious activity or climate change or or government stealing things. It's all the same argument. They just roll these things over and over. NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. We also have an update from MetaMask. Monthly active users have grown from 1 million in October of 2020 to over 30 million users per month in March of 2022. Mass adoption is happening right in front of our eyes. And if you're enjoying this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. NFT Tones, the floor is yours. So going back to that last article, I want to say that articles like that truly and really piss me off because like Andrew Cashflow said, cash is used for drugs. Everything's used for drugs. And like with Bitcoin, it's all traceable. Like, you know who sent it, like, you know, whose wallet is who, like, I, I think that eventually that's just not going to be, it won't be used for illicit uses right now. It is because it's unregulated, but once it's regulated, they're screwed. So like, I feel like that's a stupid ass point to bring up. So I, I feel like anybody bringing up that point is just invalid. Like in all honesty, like if you're going to bring up something, at least say that it's affecting the, like it, carbon, like that I can understand more than you saying what that it's being used for illicit activities because everybody uses regular money for illicit activities. So to me, that's just stupid. And you know what else regular money is? Not carbon neutral. So that narrative doesn't work there either, NFT Tones. But I want to hop into our next article for today, which is another article on Bitcoin people. I know a lot of Bitcoin content, but trust me, it's worthwhile. 
China returns as second top Bitcoin mining hub despite the crypto ban that happened within their borders. China still holds 21% of the total global Bitcoin hash rate after the local government banned all cryptocurrency operations in the country last year. This is very telling. China accounted for 21% of the global Bitcoin mined. And the United States was the only country on the planet that led China in Bitcoin mining, which was 37%. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some comments before we continue into this article. It must be nice being a communist because clearly you don't have to follow the rules. But what are your thoughts, Johnny? That's exactly right. The communists get to do what they want. And the best part is they call it the people, the people's <laughs> the people's court of China, the people's bank of China. They make it all look like it's all for the people. And the people have not a single say. What a complete joke. It's just a complete, um, it's just like you're looking this way while they're doing stuff over there that way. It's just, it just cracks me up. And another great quote, before we kick it to Andrew Kathler here, it says, our data empirically confirms the claims of industry insiders that Bitcoin mining is still ongoing within the country. Bitcoin mining is still live in China. Andrew, I don't know if you're surprised. I'm not too surprised here, but 21% is a very high number. What are some of your thoughts? Uh, you're muted, Andrew. Scroll a little bit down that you see the graph, the, 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 the diagram here. What you see is the yellow stuff that was the mining capacity of China mainland. And then you saw, indeed, that they fully stopped. Mm -hmm. you know? And then after a while, they started again. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because I saw this article also a little bit before, and I think, what what did change their mind? I think some some people, at least in in the government and the, and the financial sector in China, woke up and they thought, oh my god, this is not good. And you also see it, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit rising maybe, and so I think they don't like it, but they also start understanding. That, that they cannot left cannot be left behind because maybe they have a lot of gold but yeah who will win in the future bitcoin or gold or both hey, hey andrew you know look at this chart you bring up a great point look at exactly the time frame guys look at the time frame of when china said they were going to stop and guess what happened to the bull market that we had last year it was exactly at that same time. If you don't think that this isn't planned by the elites to figure out a way, again, I think Ab said it before. Somebody always says, "Show me, show me the, show me the news, and I'll show you a chart." Right? It's exactly like this was planned, but the news is going to drive that. And so when that came out, that's when everything crashed. It was right after, and it was perfectly timed. Elon Musk came out on air right at that time was talking about dogecoin on saturday night live at the same exact time china said no and the whole market crashed and tanked it's, it's just it was just all pre-planned because if you're going to really shut it off then why the frick did they turn it back on what was that a month later three months later turn it back on mm -hmm. so it goes to show you it's just wwe guys we're watching wwe it's just literally a movie you're watching a movie the script unfortunately we don't get to write the script the elites do that's the problem but don't believe for a minute anything they tell you. Just watch what they do because here they are mining again. It's just it's just a joke. And Johnny, the correlation here that we have between America and China, as the, as the miners move out of China, they're clearly moving into America. And we have some very telling stats here. Russia drops out of the top three of Bitcoin miners globally. <laughs> but we actually have states, Georgia, Texas, and Kentucky, are mining over 50% of the Bitcoin in America today. As we had New York, California banning bitcoin mining so 
totally opposite narratives are going on here. And to me, it seems clear that they should at least be allocating, you know, a very small percentage towards Bitcoin mining, but it needs to be done because if that you're going to be left behind. We have China, we have all these other countries, Russia, many European nations, not only mining, but sitting on large, large piles of Bitcoin. And we're only going to see more of that going forward. NFT tones, why don't you take us home here? What are your thoughts on Bitcoin mining overall? And how do you feel about China continuing to mine despite the bans? So <laughs> to be honest, China mining despite the ban doesn't surprise me. I mean, most of their money is stolen by their government. So for them to be mining, I feel like it doesn't surprise me. They need a way of making money. So, and I think mining Bitcoin, especially right now, can be rewarding. Like if you can manage to even mine a Bitcoin, you make a free 30K almost like subtracting electricity costs, of course. But I mean, I, I feel like mining is not a bad idea, especially if you have the right equipment. But of course, right now it's so expensive. I, I do your own research and see what it costs and all that. And obviously make sure you get the right proper mining gear. I just, one thing I want to build on that. I'm not so sure when you look at that chart, mining is not think about China, how brilliant they are. They mined it when it made sense to mine Bitcoin. We all know that Bitcoin is near the end of its mining capability, right? We're close to that 21 million soon. There won't be any point in mining anymore. So the reality is they mined it when it was profitable and now they're shutting it off when it, there's not much left to be, what is it like 2 million points left to be mined i think so right now it, i think it's every mining block gives you about three and a half bitcoin per block i thought then, i thought it was 0.15 uh yeah. nope that's after the next halving so in 2024 oh, that, it will be 1.25 so, okay. so 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 it's it's not that china like they're looking at it saying hey let's start to turn these things off what's the point of mining anymore there's not much left to mine they were mining it when it was cheap and when they could get a shit ton of them i think you when you mined back in the early days you were getting hundreds of coins per per algorithm solve. Now you get a few, you don't even get one. So the point is, no, they're shutting it off. They're brilliant. Why? Because they don't need it anymore. Mine, they made all their money on mine. There's not a left to be made. And we know that the world's going to move away from it. So, you know, with green and all that. So it makes no sense to mine. I completely disagree with Tones. I think it makes zero sense to mine. And of course, now we do it in the U.S. when there's no profit to be made. It's so stupid. Uh, I, That's I don't agree with you, uh, Johnny. I don't agree. Because when Bitcoin goes to a million, there is a business case to mine it. Yes, but not like the profitability that you could have made. If you pull that chart up again in those early years from 2012 to now, do you know how much money you make if you're mining? So you're going to put all this infrastructure, all, yeah, look at that, right? So, and not only is it 2019, but if you go further back, all the infrastructure and things it takes to clock the mine of Bitcoin, it was extremely profitable if you were mining it back then at the lower prices and for the more amounts that you got. Yeah, now, but how many true. people were actually in then back it's the then? Point. It's not the point. We're talking about profitability. It's more profitable back then than it is now. It could probably cost you more just to buy the infrastructure to mine than what it would have been years that, ago. That's, that's why I said do, do your own research. But personally, I still feel like if you can even manage to mine a 0.25 of a Bitcoin and that goes up to a million dollars, that's 250K right there. So, uh, I mean, pers personally, I, I find mining until the next having useful, especially because there's so many different, like, things you can do to mine. Like, they have Roller Coin, which is a game that you can actually buy, like, miners where you can mine all kinds of different actual cryptocurrency besides Bitcoin, 
Solano, all B&B, everything. So, like, there's a bunch of different things coming out. I, I think minors are definitely not a bad way to go. For sure. And we actually have another very, very bullish article here, which is talking about how Japan's largest investment bank, Nomura, readies for new crypto subsidiary. So what they're planning on doing here is giving institutional investors an outlet to create their crypto portfolio. So the largest investment bank in Japan is set to establish a new subsidiary company to help institutional clients invest in cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens, NFT tones. I bet that gets you excited. They are going to bring several other cryptocurrency services under one company with a staff of about 100 people, and this will take place by 2023, with currently $569 billion in assets under management as of quarter two in 2022, sorry, quarter one of 2022. And they said that if they don't take action and do this right now, then it's going to be more difficult down the line to be competitive. So a lot of institutions are not only shifting into crypto, but creating new outlets for people to get involved and actually build their portfolios. And this is another example of that happening in Japan. I'd like to reiterate that Japan is one of the largest advocates of XRP. So I'm sure XRP will be included in this in some way, shape, or form. But Johnny Crypto, love to start off with you. This company has almost $600 billion in assets under management, and they're just starting to roll their institutional clients into cryptocurrencies. Are the floodgates open? The writing's on the wall, boys. The writing is all on the wall. All these players and all the pieces, all the big, all the smart money is moving into this infrastructure, or I should say moving into this space and creating the infrastructure and the pathways for, for to get the sheeple, to get everybody on board so they can bring in the common folk, right? Bring every, what do we say? 5% of the world is in the crypto. That's it. That's 300 million people, folks. There's 7 billion people. They have to get all these parts in place. They have to put the highway together. They got to have the on-ramps, the off-ramps, the toll booths, right? They're just building a highway, and this is just further. And you're going to see more and more and more of this over the next two years as we continue this show because that's what's going to be happening. And now the nice thing is all you're sitting at home, you guys are just loading your bags of all these cryptocurrencies that make sense, have real-world solves. You got to be super excited. You're, we're all blessed to have an opportunity. Coach says all the time, greatest time in the world to be alive. Yes, because we really have a chance to create some generational wealth. This is exciting. And we've continued to call this 2023 will be the year of institutional investors. And this is just another example of that. Anybody who's listening to this podcast or program, you are well above the herb of the average retail investor. You are exposed to way more valuable information than a traditional person. So you have a huge advantage in this market going forward. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. And if you think institutions are going to be leading this market going forward, smash it again for us. Andrew Castro, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, you're muted, Andrew. I'm just, <laughs> you're muted. I'm just looking at the graph for XRP at the moment, and it is already going for years sideways. Yeah. So and and I, I'm I'm looking it up here also. What, what did I pay? I think I have an average average price of 35 cents, and what is it currently? 42 cents. So is it that weird? So. I mean, everybody has a chance to get in now. It's an exciting time. And I actually want to hop into our next article because we only have a couple minutes left. But it's an ADA article, Andrew. And it says, Charles Hodgkins backs up his predictions. Four million assets have been issued into the Cardano ecosystem. I know Johnny Crypto is a huge advocate of Cardano, always talking about how someday this will replace Ethereum or at least be one of the competitors that does. 
But he notes that 4 million assets have been issued on Cardano, and many believe it's actually more than that. It's 4.7 million. So 937 projects are being built on Cardano, and 84 of those are recent updates. The current market cap is 19.8 billion. And I want to read a quote from here from Charles Hodgkins. It says, remember when I predicted thousands of assets and decentralized apps on, the, on Cardano? Well, I was wrong. Now there's millions of native assets issued and the dApps are now in the hundreds. So the floodgates, again, another example of the floodgates opening for the Cardano ecosystem. Johnny Crypto, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm reading the comments that people are saying, you know, bashing Cardano. They're saying it's not going to replace Ethereum. First of all, I never said it's going to replace Ethereum. What I said with Cardano is Cardano will coexist with Ethereum and so will several other eco, uh, you know, Solano and other cryptocurrency smart contract um blockchains that's just how it's going to be the world is big enough and the blockchains will be big enough and the reality is ethereum has inherent issues in its code which is you know in the gas you know the gas fees and all that that that's just not sustainable long term they have to switch to eth 2.0 and they will but who better to fix the problem than the guy who created the problem right so you had hawkinson who came from ethereum who knew when he left he needed to set out and fix things that he's doing cardano right so whether you love or hate Cardano out there, people can hate it. That's fine. I don't give a shit. The reality is that you can hate it, but I don't get emotional tied to any of these things. It's going to be a player out there. Go look at last year's developer indicators. It's the best indicator out there. It was the most developed. It was the most highly selected and developed platform by, by app developers to create on. So if you think Cardano is not going to be here and you think it's a joke and you think it's going to survive, that's okay. You don't have to buy it. But trust me, there's going to be a shit ton of apps running on it. And apps are what's going to drive utility. Cardano will be here to stay. And this is more proof of it. So you can hate it. And I love it because as you're dropping them, I'll be buying your fear in Cardano. Love it. Yep. And there's a very telling quote in this article, Johnny. It says, it was founded in 2015 and launched in 2017 as an alternative to Ethereum. Andrew Cashflow, the floor is yours. Yeah, always. When I think at Cardano, I think of not meeting deadlines. Time after time after time. They make it extremely complicated. And that's what I experienced. I bought Cardano in July 2020. It was really cheap by that time. Put it in Exodus. You know, I'm a staking, a staking freak. Then I thought, okay, let's put it on, on Daedalus wallet because that was the, the wallet for Cardano. That wallet was so complicated. You had to download the whole blockchain in yeah. your wallet. My laptop was four hours downloading blockchain before I could do anything else. And then if you switch it off and you want to just look in the wallet, again, four hours downloading. So then I thought I go to your Roy wallet, your Roy wallet. So move all this to, to your Roy. And, um, but then after a while, I thought, hey, there are airdrops. You can, uh, you can claim airdrops, but then you need another wallet. So that was the CC Vault wallet or the Etern uh l wallet and for, for people who are interested you can if you want to have airdrops in the cardano area you can go to drip drops drip drops with a z on the end and dripdrops.io and there you can for for every epoch you can buy a little bit of, uh, of or you can sell uh, uh, or pay a little bit of cardano money basically a little bit of ada and then you can select your airdrops awesome uh, I, I, I haven't done that yet because that is so much work to evaluate all those projects. There are hundreds of projects, and that, that's what I agree with, uh, with Johnny. Uh, 
hundreds of projects that are currently working and, and airdropping stuff, and they also regulate it a little bit because you can only claim 10 projects at, at, at the same April. Every April is five days, then you can claim five uh, airdrops, and then you can claim uh, or, or 10 airdrops, but you also need to pay a little bit of money in the form of, uh, of ADA coins. So yeah, it's, it's, you have to really have to think about it. You have to study about it. And uh, so we will see what happens, but for the time being, uh, it's going in a good direction. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Andrew Castle and thank you to NFT Tones. I don't know how this music started playing and I don't know how to turn it off, but I want to end this thing the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. Bring up them monkeys. I switched oh, it up today. We'll do the monkeys too. I'll do the monkeys too. <laughs> there we go. Woo! Evolution, baby. Awesome. I think it's...